0: You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and we're here with Big D and the kids' table. Yeah.
1: they just put on a great set. How'd that how'd it feel?
2: Well, it was good, because this is what basically happened this morning. We all woke up very hungover, because we were in L.A., and when you're in L.A., everyone's like, Oh, my God, you've got to come out. So we went out, and so everyone kind of just peeled themselves out of uh, Steve, our bass player's mom's house, fell out of the van, came here, and then suddenly we were, like, playing on the air. So it was, it was quite a, like wake up boy and do you know like, it was shocking
0: very nice <laughs> uh you want to just introduce yourselves real quick and let I, you play okay. oh yeah, yeah i'm dave i sing in the band i'm ryan i play saxophone in the band all right cool uh yeah. you guys are on tour right now with anti flag and alexis on fire and set your goals how's it going so far so far so good Yeah, it's going pretty good how long have you guys been out uh jeez, i think like two weeks And uh, it's pretty crazy because
2: each, every single one of the bands is kind of different. So, like, you can really look out into the crowd and see some people scratching their chins going, maybe, maybe I like you guys. And the other kids being like, this is awesome. So,
0: So, you feel uh, the kids have been pretty accepting of a ska band on the tour?
2: Yeah, I say, for the first two songs, they, like I said, they kind of, you know, roll their eyes and go, Jesus. But then, uh, by the fourth song, they're kind of smiling and I think they like it. Yeah.
1: You guys just put out a new album called Strictly Rude. You're talking about that. Um, Tell us about the recording process for doing an an all, like, more second-wave-type album. Uh, Was the recording process different this time?
2: Well, yeah. We were pretty damn excited because we we decided that we wanted to do a Strictly dub record because we just just wanted to listen to it. And uh, so we decided we were going to do it, and we started writing it. But then we can't help but write ska and, like, thrash punk songs. So those kept coming out too but we decided all right separate them all so we'll have a strictly thrash record a strictly rude record and a strictly dub record. And so we decided to go with the strictly rude record first and it was totally different. We bought out like old school Tom Petty type amps
3: and guitars and stuff. Yeah, we messed a lot with the uh, in the studio we went to, Camp Street in Cambridge. Um they were awesome and they had a ton of equipment so like all the guitar sounds like we just it was just like a free for all. And with the horns and stuff we did some of those like Old school, like Trojan recording, like you know, the old horn section sound, like the old ska bands and stuff. It's pretty awesome. They pretty much let us do whatever we wanted.
2: We were lucky because the engineers, Paul Coldry and Adam, they you know have the studio and they have all these amps and delay pedals, and that's their instrument. Like to run around in like a kid in candy shop and be like, let's plug this into this and this and see what happens. And oh my god! And so they had been recording, I guess, you know, bands that were very similar: guitar, guitar, bass, vocals, drums. But when we came in, they were like oh, my God, open up the closet of doohickeys, and just, you know, you could just see they're just running around, and it's so exciting to see your engineer s- genuinely smiling and running and having fun, you know, so it was definitely a group enjoyment.
0: And you worked with uh, one of the guys from My my Boston's as your producer?
2: Yeah, everyone's saying that. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no,
0: uh, yeah, we worked with Joe Gittleman. That was quite
2: a, a mind blow for us, you know, I mean, since seventh grade, Ryan and I have been like listening,
3: to, going to shows. So
2: yeah. What
0: did he uh, bring to the game that was new
3: to you guys? Um, well, he just helped a lot with uh, like some arranging. He came down for a few weeks before the studio to like mm-hmm. get us ready and stuff, and he listened to all the songs. And he would, you know, make suggestions here and there, like, well, maybe you should throw in a verse there, or do you know, double the chorus, or you know, change this a little bit. And then he would let us do it, and we would f- figure it out. So, like, his guidance was very uh, helpful, and some of the songs are pretty different once he brought, like, a, a new way of thinking about it. We were like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, and then we figured it out, and if you listen to, like, the demos before and what came out, some of them are pretty different, but it was pretty good.
2: It's cool because, <clears throat> because he's from Boston, and we're from Boston, and we listened to his band when we were young. We speak the same language. Like, you'll go to different countries and states, and people have, like, a different vibe approach, even to arranging and writing, mm-hmm. but we were, it was the same lingo, you know, and what's great about him was we're so accepting to each other because we don't we're not really writing songs to get famous or anything. Like we're just writing songs to make each other psyched and smile. So we'll be so giving to each other. Like someone will be like, "Let's play the chorus eight times at the end," and we'll be like, "If you want to, let's do it." Right. So it was, it, you know, no, none of us really say no to each other too much. So for Joe to come in and go. Eight's a lot, guys, and we'll be like, mm-hmm. "You okay? Four? Let's do four. You know, like it's it was good to have us simmer down a bit, you know, because all our songs would be seven minutes if they let us. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh,
1: um, so you guys, uh, your your new album was released on Side One Dummy. How'd you guys get hooked up with them?
2: Well, we did the two thousand five <laughs> Warp tour, and we weren't on the big inflatable um, the times where everyone's playing. Like, and so we would just go out every morning for like an hour, and put a Brazilian flyers up, and hand out a Brazilian stickers, and we just looked at it as normal, just kind of like, well, it's just, everyone keeps saying, oh, you guys are so DIY, and all this, we're like, no, no, it's just kind of normal, it's just, don't you want to do that, was our thinking, and so, we did it every day, and then at some, like, post-barbecue bar party thing that they have at the warp Tour, some band came up to me, you know, hey, I just want to let you know, if you keep doing that, Kevin Lyman's going to notice you, and I'm thinking to myself, no. That's not the way our band works. You know, like no one's no one's going to help us or give us a bone, but I guess I was wrong cuz a year later we get a call from Side One and they were like, "We loved how hard you guys worked on the Warp tour. You guys are a real go-getting band. You know, uh, you just do it. You know, you, you guys drew more people than some of the humongous stages and I'm sitting there on the phone going, Man, you know, this is like when you're in seventh grade and you expect Iron Maiden to call you. You know what I mean? And it was it was it was that kind of call, and I, I was like, "This is surreal." So they put us on board.
0: Cool. Uh, how's the fans' response been so far to the record?
3: I think they've all been uh, pretty psyched about it, like we are. So that's good. Um, I mean, it's different. It's a little different sounding than some of the previous stuff, but. They've all been pretty receptive to it, I think, mm-hmm. overall, except for the, uh, the one or two.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, there's the always... Uh, well, compared to the other records, this has been the most accepted one. Oh. Like, when we play the new songs live, it's not... Like, the kids don't have pretend clipboards in front of us going, Well, we don't know this song. We'll let you know. We'll make notes. Like, right away, they allow us to play them, and they enjoy them. So that's, that's great. Oh. But uh, I think all around, it's, it's, it's pretty damn good. Everything's been pretty good.
0: I've been seeing a lot of critical acclaim already for the album, saying things like "best Scott record of this decade" and yeah. an "instant classic." Uh, what are yeah. Those are our that? those are
3: our parents who
0: work yeah, for yeah. scenes. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, they kind of come across as, uh, for real, like parent compliments, like "oh honey, you look so great," and you're like, yeah, "I don't believe you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. We've been we've been in the trenches for so long. It's hard for us to take compliments like that. But, or, or we could say, "Yeah, they're right." Yeah. <laughs> Pretty right on. You hear that, that world? Yeah. Instant classic. It's hand
3: good. <laughs> we should do that. We should be over cocky. Yeah. You know what our record is? Instant classic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So what are, what are you guys' thoughts of the current ska scene? Uh, do you think it has the potential to like be as big as it was 10 years ago? And do you think that's even like a good thing? We, you know, like not to be a negative Nancy, but lately
2: we've been saying, who cares? You know what I mean? Because it's just like... No one cares about, you know, the ska scene. It's weird that the ska scene has to to have notes with every movement it does. Like, it just went to the left a little bit. It just went to the right. You know what I mean? We never really worried about it. We've been a band for like 10 or 11 years just trudging through all these terrible popular styles of music that we're just out of the loop and we just keep doing our thing. And if other ska bands form, you know, that's great, but they'll probably... You know, I saw a million ska bands. I've seen so many ska bands do it for a year and then change their style that mm-hmm. I don't
3: think...
0: you feel like kids are warming up to it again? Or anyone last you know, or I don't know. Shows?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean... They should. When, when,
1: yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> got the best album of the decade. I know. I mean, it's undeniable.
3: <laughs> How could you know?
2: I mean, I don't want to say cliche things, but, you know, some of the popular music today is I think it's just so blase you know and it's just kind of like murr, murr, next you know that yeah I think it'd be fantastic if, if people listen to Scott I mean obviously I like that style of music so sometimes I just feel bad for kids and I'm just like oh you don't know that there's much more, there's, <laughs> more interesting music out there than 145 power chords you know what a negative Nancy oh my
1: god yeah. <laughs> you're
2: bringing me down
1: yeah
0: You guys have uh, been in a band for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, What drives you guys to keep on going for so long, and what's been, like, the biggest challenge you've encountered so far?
2: Well, I think two things. I think um, there are some people that are in a band because they're trying to get big, Mm -hmm. you know, or they want to be a rock and roll band. And then I think there are, like, musicians that they can't help but play music. It's not really a choice. Mm. So us continuing really just, it's just, no, there's just no choice. We have to play, you know, no matter what happens with the scenes, or the labels, or the success or the, or the non-success of the band. It's just like something you have to do, you know? And, uh, and I think part of that is the reason why we keep going is because we're really running away from, you know, the nine to five job, You know, you know, people can, people can say that it's such a niche right now with, how much you make in a nine to five job compared to like your rent and your phone bill and all these things that you're almost a wage slave stuck you know in it. And I think our band really is just running away from that and just, you know, trying to just cruise around, you know, <laughs> enjoy it.
3: Enjoy life before we're 60.
2: You know?
1: So, uh, what are, uh, you guys mentioned that you're in LA. Uh, what are some of your guys' favorite cities to play?
3: Um, Chicago is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, New York, New York's fun, and Orlando. Yeah, Boston, I guess. I mean, Jesus.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, those are cool places. Orlando's cool because the kids um, at the social act like the kids you see in old, um, like Minor Threat photo- photos. You ever see like really? a really old, old photo of some kid, not just a stage diver, but like a stage diver that's body is completely in like a pre-break dancing move in the air, hitting a fan. Like, they'll get on bars, on the bar, like the drinking bar, or this weird fence they got, in the, and they'll just, they'll just be jumping off everything, and there's so many mental photographs of like a cool 1981 punk rock show. You know, they, yeah. they just seem to go real hard, so I like that. The other day, some kid did he just puke in the middle of the Orlando dance floor of the oh, yeah. social and good. everyone was like, Whoa my god, it was totally gross. He totally smelled puke everywhere. He just pushed everybody away like, you know, some hardcore kid and just went Whoa, and it was so much. And then we started a song and all the kids decided, punk rock points, let's let's still go off. But they all slipped and fell oh. in the puke. <laughs> and but they were so amped that they jumped up and kept dancing. But you could just it was like you know everybody we can take a second and clean that up. Let's just clean it. You know, like. <laughs> so, yeah, they get, they get, get. that's a good place.
1: Very cool.
2: wilkes cool, too. Yeah, Wilkes-Barre and Pennsylvania, they should get some credit, too. They're
3: pretty, loon- they're pretty loony. Off
2: yeah. the wall. Do they, uh, they, they go
3: pretty
2: hardcore. T- they go 110%. 110%. I think that the craziest play, Toronto, Pen- uh, Wilkes-Barre, and Orlando, they're just loons. Yeah, it's really fun playing there.
3: No one's in charge,
2: the clubs. You know what I mean? There's nobody in charge. so
0: you guys uh, just recently released a split with Brain Theater. Um, How did you hook up with those guys or end up doing that split?
3: Um, I think well, we had all the songs written and stuff for the records, like the Thrash songs and the Ska songs. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think Ken Casey from the Dropkicks, who manages them, kind of told Bad News Records that maybe they should have us do the split with them. So we got the call, and they wanted to put it out in the States. They're label from Japan. So we... We had all these songs for the record, and we were having trouble figuring out what was going to fit on this one record. So we're like, all right, let's take all the punk songs that we have that we like, and we'll put them all in the split. So we did that as like five, and then we put a dub song, and that kind of, that became the split, mm-hmm. and it made it real easy for the for the two records.
2: kind of like our Taster's Choice before the Thrash record, you know, kind of like a little, yeah. almost getting our, getting ready for it.
0: Okay. Oh. Uh, you guys have toured with a lot of sort of big acts, you know. Um, well, Lately, yeah. <laughs> um, who's your favorite band to tour with? In terms of not necessarily uh, just like it's cool to be on tour with them, but like friends wise, you. I out. think
2: I think our favorite buddy bands are the Pie Tasters. I mean, they are so fun. Yeah, they're great. And Muster Plug, mm-hmm. those two bands. Anybody else? But pie tasters, man. Yeah, they're... Once you find out, you're, they're going to be at the show. You know, it's just one of those, like, oh, oh it's a guaranteed good time. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Anybody
1: else?
3: Um, I mean... <laughs> I mean, the Drop Kicks and Rancid took us out recently. Yeah. They're pretty huge. And they were both really nice. You know, like, they'll, they'll hang out, you know. Mm-hmm. They won't stay on the bus until, you know, two minutes before they take the stage and stuff. But they were awesome. They would hang out and... You
2: know, I think the funniest thing I ever saw was, was something like the first or second day of doing a week with Rancid, which is just bizarre to even say. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Rancid's playing, and, and Ryan and I are watching, and we're just kind of like enjoying ourselves. We're like, man, they're awesome, right? And then there's a spot in the song where Tim doesn't have to do anything, mm-hmm. so he comes right over to us, and he's just like, Hey, guys, what's going on? How you doing? He said, <laughs> and, like, that was, like, almost not okay. We were like, oh, geez, we don't No, 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 no. You're supposed to be doing something. I don't know what to say. You know, you did, that like, two other times, like, as the tour went, and it was just, it was very funny. It was, like, as if you were hanging out outside, and the girl that you, the hottest girl or something just went, Hey, you want to go out sometime? And you're like, Whoa, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs>
1: so, it was funny. Um, so, uh... From the new record, what do you guys have a favorite track off the new album?
2: I like She Knows Her Way. I like... uh What's my favorite? I'm going to guess...
3: You might not get it, though. Shining On. You like Shining On. Yeah, that's good. I like Relocate the Beat oh, yeah, yeah, recently.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sh- yeah. Those are good ones. So it's... Yep. <laughs> 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 she- I like She Knows Her Way because it's like we really didn't do much with the arrangement. We really just went into the studio and just played for like six minutes and then that yeah. turned into the song and that's just really fun it's really really fun to do records when you don't give a care about did the chorus is gonna primo drop here you know what i mean it's <laughs> it's really fun to not worry about that you know so
0: so uh what's next for big d I
2: guess the dub record and the thrash record gonna, the warp tour or something yeah we got our dvd coming out Mm-hmm. It's called oh, yeah. it's called Built Up From Nothing. So far, we've just done the first act out of three acts, and uh, it's called Built Up From Nothing, and it's going to have, like, it's be to be like a DIY handbook for everyone, meaning we've been on the road for so long, we've made so many mistakes, we know a lot of secrets, you know, so it's like best way to not get swindled by a promoter, best way to sneak into a hotel, <sighs> best hotels to sneak into, you know, like all these different things. Like, for example, this is this seems like a no-brainer, but... Everyone does it. It's like, don't keep the cash box of all the money you've made in the van in that secret hiding spot under the sweatshirt that you think the thieves won't find because they're going to find it. You know, there's so many bands who are like, hey, dude, what's up? Oh, they found our cash box last night in our van. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like, it's supposed to be like a little, you know, anarchist cookbook to touring,
3: you know?
0: So, okay. That's very cool. Yeah.
2: Um,
3: Dave has a book coming out too. Oh, I do. In like, six days. Dude, comes well, out on my birthday. He's going to give me one for my birthday.
2: I am, with a candle
3: in it. Nice.
1: What's it about?
2: Well, it's like, it's, it's all the lyrics from 1996 to 2007. And then it's full of, like, tour observations and prose and, um, you know, just kind of, you know, prose from the road and stuff. And uh, it comes out in, like, six days. You can get it at Punk. But uh, it kicks ass. I'm pretty stoked about it. I don't think I've been this excited since, like, Christmas when I knew the Millennium Falcon was coming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I found it in the closet or something.
0: <laughs> are you releasing that yourself?
2: Yeah, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Are you Barnes & Noble doesn't really need it. Are you <laughs> doing stuff with Fork and Hand Records? Yeah. Um, for the DVD, we have this dude called DJ BC who is, like, this awesome sound system kind of DJ, like an old, you know, one of those guys. And he remixed some of our new stuff for the D V D and Forkinhand's gonna put out excuse me, um, his record of remix sound system Big D stuff. Uh-huh. It's awesome. He makes it real U B forty like kinda like that sound. And um we're repressing the Melt Banana Big D split. Oh, that's cool. And I think we're gonna take a Wilhelm Scream used to be called Smack and Isaiah yeah. and we just got permission from them to release their Smack and Isaiah back catalog under Uh, uh, Wilhelm scream's name. Yeah.
0: Is the DVD going to come out on side one domain? Yeah,
2: side one, which is wicked cool. Uh,
0: So what are you going to do? So you have this tour and then Warp tour, the entire Warp tour. I'm
2: going to Europe,
3: right? Yeah, we have this tour and then uh, we have a few days off in Boston, then we fly to Europe for a month, Mm -hmm. and then we have June off, then we do the whole Warp tour, and then who knows? Yeah, it seems like we're just going to go for two years.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> tiring yeah <laughs> well, uh, it's funny too, is like when you when you go on tour, there's no days off at all, and if there's a day off, it's a driving day, yeah, so it's like when you go for two years, you pretty much go for every day. It's pretty intense,
0: so are there still things you guys are looking to accomplish as a band after all this time?
2: <sighs> I don't know uh, I think the goal really is to just musically write and put out what we want and that is like the dub record the thrash record And we want to do this other kind of record that we're starting to talk about I don't even know how to describe but just just to basically not worry about anything in the music industry like what fans might not see is just it's a lot of it is just so it's very professional high school and it's it's when you're a young kid wanting to play music and it's your dream you don't really want that part of it so I guess our goal is to just be that dream of just being in a band, playing music, and not worrying about all those things. That's kind of a end of a movie, dramatic quote
3: there. I like that.
1: Are there uh, any up and coming bands that you guys are excited about?
3: Um, I mean the like Flatliners, we know them pretty well. Mm. They're um they're getting better and better, and you know, yeah, they'll probably be, you know hear about them.
2: Yeah, the Flatliners. If you
3: don't know them, they're out of Toronto, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, they're awesome. I think. Oh, I can't say. Never mind. <laughs>
3: I almost said it too. Rumors.
2: You almost said it <laughs> <Yeah>. too? <laughs> secrets. Yeah. Label secrets.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so then our, our final question, this is one that we ask of every uh, band that we interview, Uh-oh. is uh, what's your guys' favorite flavor of ice cream?
3: Okay. Mine, yeah. I'd have to say strawberry, just as like a, that has been solid my whole life, but I've been getting mint chocolate chip recently. I would say a peppermint stick.
1: Peppermint stick. Yeah. yeah.
2: But because I can never find it, uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Very good call. All what right. I, I, What if there was a wrong answer? You guys should be like, <laughs> that, no, it's
3: wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Actually, that's Rocky Red. We're waiting for someone to say it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Get out of my studio. <laughs> you know what's really good, though, is uh, that Napoleon Dynamite that Ben and Jerry's puts out. It's like a mixture, right, of yeah. Cherry Garcia and, like, like chocolate brownie stuff.
2: It's awesome. Oh, nice. It's can I um, use your radio uh, program to ask the makers of Napoleon Dynamite a question?
0: Sure, absolutely.
3: <laughs>
2: okay, guys, you know what I think would be a really good idea? I think you should make a sequel, and it's Kip goes to Detroit with LaFonda. You know, and it should be you know because he goes on the bus and gets married to LaFonda. Mm-hmm. Million dollar idea. I think that's a great idea. Thank you. Thanks. So just you know, give me a call, Napoleon makers, and I'll sign off the waiver. <laughs> you
1: know, you're lucky. They are actually uh, usually.
2: They are, okay. (laughs) Ben, can I take this moment to ask Natalie Portman out? Go for it. Hi, Natalie. Uh, My name's Dave McQuain. You can go to DaveMcQuain.com. I've seen you since you were 12 years old and Leon the Professional. I just think it'd be great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan? Uh, I can't top that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the new record is Strictly Rude. It's out now on Side One Dummy Records. And also you have a split out with uh, Brain Failure, Beijing to Boston on Bad News Records. Both of those you can get in stores and on the Internet. Nice. Also, uh, BigD and com. Yeah. Yes. Check and out information, tour dates. And our MySpace. MySpace. All right. Well, thank you guys <laughs> for coming us. <laughs> yeah, you're good.
2: Thanks, guys. No, thank
0: you very much. All right. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.